Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Is anybody ready for a word today? I need to know in here if y'all are going to talk to me. I need some help. I need some help. So I'm, I'm asking for help today. I need y'all to shout me down and talk to me. I think I got a word for you, but I also know that I got a yuck up in this place. I'm getting over it. But um, I'm just telling y'all, if I go to the doctor, something is wrong. I got one. Y'all don't know. But I don't really like it. I ain't mad at the doctor either. They're, they didn't do nothing wrong. But just don't really want to go. But I knew something was wrong earlier this week. I just felt like, y'all know when you get the chills and when you get the aches and it's the flu? I didn't have that. I had like the, all the some, it felt like a headache throughout my body. It was the weirdest thing, like the joints especially. And so I went and got taken care of. And here's when they knew, when I knew that it wasn't great news, that it wasn't just like a, you'll be fine, why are you here, you're dumb type diagnosis. I make up words. Y'all just going to have to go with it. It was when they took my resting heart rate, my pulse, you know, and it was 100 and it's normally 60. My, my heart rate's crazy. It stays at, it, it, you can tell time with it. It stays at 60. And I knew it was racing, but I was like, whatever. There's nothing I can do about it. I sat down. I came back 10 minutes later and put it on my finger. And they're like, still, honey, <laughs> that ain't good. And I knew it was, I knew it was uh, a little bit crazy. And I just felt off. I just felt, I just felt sick. And um, so they gave me a shot and gave me all kinds of medicine. And my mouth's dry and everything else is going on. But I feel much better today, but this is what I, I've noticed. This is what I noticed. I just was, I had time to sleep, which I did a lot of, but I also had time to read. And I recalled the story in the Bible, and this doesn't have anything to do with the message. I just felt like I should share it with somebody in here. That Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but he came for the sick. If you came in here with a heart rate spiritually of 100, and you feel just off, and you feel struggling, you want to throw your hands up, and you're frustrated, and you're angry, and you don't get it. I, I don't know what your get it is, but I'm excited because Jesus does. And it's that name that can get you through. And it's that name that I believe will today, that he's going to lean in with you, and he's going to help you wherever you are. And so be patient with me today as I go to the water bottle, and I may even sit down. I don't like to sit at all because I'm a caged animal when I sit down. But I may, <coughs> I may sit down for smart purposes, but this is what I want y'all to know, that today's message is titled, The Rhythm of Relationships. Everybody say rhythm. rhythm. Say it again, say rhythm. rhythm. Now, I'm taking an inventory on our crowd right now, okay? Taking an inventory, and I'm going to be stereotyping you for just a second and say that we are not a crowd full of tons of rhythm. I hear one person that'll holler at me. We have some rhythm. My wife is full of rhythm. You're a good dancer. Yeah, I think you have rhythm. Praise Jesus. I just got some brownie points. I don't know if y'all saw that, but I am happy right now in Jesus' name. But I see some rhythm, but I need, let's, let's be honest, like self-awareness. If y'all don't walk away with anything else, maybe you can walk away with this. Self-awareness is very important. How many of y'all have rhythm? Just show me your hands. You, I need you to raise your hand. You have rhythm. I'm going to be honest with you. I think some of y'all just lied to me. Okay? Okay? Because I feel like if we all had that much rhythm, then it'd be getting crazy up in here during worship. Somebody talk to me. Where's Shannon? I can hear Shannon in the green room right now shouting amen. amen. She died. You heard it. But all joking aside, I know some of y'all really do have rhythm. And I'm going to give y'all some freedom in here. Some of y'all are going to feel really good that are church people. It is not a sin to dance. Did you know that? Did y'all know that? I find it funny when people say how bad it is to dance when 
at the wedding at Cana when Jesus did his first miracle, turning the water to wine, John chapter 2. Somebody needs to read it. It's good. But there was dancing every day of the seven days. Dancing. Shame on Jesus. No, we don't believe that. Dancing is not bad. Dancing can be bad. Can anybody talk to me and agree with me? We're going to get there in a minute about the canbies. But I've noticed something in dancing. Cha-cha. I've noticed something in dancing that Lee and I like to dance, and we're kind of silly about it. And I can dance certain dances, and she can dance really well in almost every dance. And when, when we're having fun and dancing, and pretty much we dance in our house, and we just act silly. And if y'all don't have silly relationships, then we're not going to flow well together because we're crazy. But we just, we'll turn on some music and just have fun and dance in our den. Den dancing. Y'all are welcome. This is free. Ladies, you should be amening me right now. I want to den dance. <laughs> Husband, will you then dance with me? Shut up. I'm mad at the pastor. He should never have said that. (laughs) But every once in a while, we'll just have fun. This is what I've noticed. Leah truly is a lot better dancer than me. I've never been trained. Leah took a lot of dancing and stuff. So this is is kind of building off last week, this little part. Just because she's the better dancer and she's ahead of me doesn't mean that as the man, I'm not supposed to lead. Are y'all with me? I feel like we get the tension a lot of times, men, that the lead means better. Does not. It means your calling is to lead. Your destiny is to lead. But if your wife is ahead of you, you should lean. You should lean on her. You should lean in. If she's pulling you along in some ways, you should let her. It's a good thing. It does not mean you're not a man. I've noticed that if Leah and I get off when we're dancing, it's because I try to lead her past where I should be trying. And I get way off. And I can get off quick because I have some, let me, let me really emphasize this, some rhythm. I think I have a lot. I was that dude in school, y'all, when I was in the locker room that all my boys would get me to dance. I used to think it was because they thought I could dance. <laughs> huh? And then, it, boy, thank God it wasn't social media back in the day. Y'all 90s people that grew up. In school in the 90s, know what I'm talking about. if we'd had social media, I'd have been a mess because it would have been terrible because I couldn't dance a lick. And I was always in the, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's going to get crazy. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Don't do it. But, but I just noticed that, I just noticed that when we get off when we're dancing, it's, it, it, I don't know if it's ever been Leah. But I get mad at Leah for letting me get off. It's your fault. Somehow it's your fault. And then, but this is the other thing that I think of with rhythm. I think it's important to remember dancing, and I want y'all to recall that as a picture. But, but I think maybe this is an even better one. Because when it comes to life, life doesn't seem like a dance. Even though Garth Brooks, life's a dance, you learn as you go. Some of y'all hate country, I'm with you. But that's a song from back in the day. But those of you that don't like country, I'm with you, heart and soul. But those of you that don't remember that stuff and truly I don't think life is like a dance except for the learn as you go part but it feels more like a race actually Paul said that that we're all running a race and we should run to get the prize that we should that we should look ahead that we should not keep looking back and and so I believe I believe that this life really is like running a race now I'm gonna put all my cards on the table right this second I absolutely with the passion of my soul hate running Someone needs to say amen to me in this place. How many people love running? Show me your hands. Some of y'all love it. Be honest. You love it. You crave running. When you wake up in the morning, you think, go ahead, Patty. Come on. We ain't mad at you. It's weird, but we ain't mad at you. How many of y'all for real? Show me. I love to run. Come on. There's a few, and you, then, you're, then you feel bad. There was a lot more in the first service, but I ain't mad at any of y'all. I'm, I'm impressed. Just don't get it. If there's a ball involved now, huh? I'll run right now. I would pass out because I don't feel real good, but I would try if there's a ball involved. But as soon as you take the ball away, I'm just like, it's, it, there's no point. You're just going somewhere. And, but where's the somewhere? I had to run cross country in high school because at Southside Christian, after I transferred from Burns, at Southside we had a rule. Basketball was king, and so that's why I went there and other reasons. But, but I love to play basketball, and we had to play a fall sport. The two choices in the fall were soccer, nah all right, because that was a lot of running, and then cross country, and I knew I could manipulate my way through running in cross country, so I would run to the woods and walk, <laughs> all right, you're welcome, 
There you go. I'm glad my coach isn't here because he'll be like, I knew you were doing that. But when the meets came and stuff, I had to perform, and I actually tried some of the time, and it was so miserable, y'all. And here's what I learned, and I studied this a lot this week, and then I've talked to a few runners. Just now, I talked to another one in the green room who's a very good runner. She ran 10 miles yesterday on purpose. (laughs) Didn't get chased. Amazing to me. I drove 10 miles this morning, and I felt like I should get a candy. But... Here's what I noticed is it was always miserable for me, but I never tried to train my body and train my mind and train all these things. And there's things that you got to do in running. You got to start counting your steps. Well, we're already off because I'm just trying to count how far it is to get to the end. Jesus name. Okay. 5K. Nope. (laughs) I ain't doing it. I, I would the couch, but They train their bodies and they train their minds and then they start breathing and doing these things in certain patterns. And when they do that, listen to this, when they do that, there's this thing called the runner's high. How many of y'all have heard of this before? The runner's high. Runner's high. I'm telling you, you you Google it. You look it up. You don't have to believe me. The runner's high gives a higher high and a better feeling than marijuana. Y'all are like, oh my gosh, you just said weed in the church. That's crazy. (laughs) I'm not asking you to smoke weed in here, okay? I'm telling you not to. But here's the thing. If they truly find the runner's high, it is a bigger high than that. That's why the people in here that are like, I don't really know if I should put my hand up because it feels awkward right now. It's crazy because they can find it just like this. This is what it's like in life. I've never had it, but I've, I felt the thing that's called the zone before in athletics. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You hear the people on TV say they're in the zone. They're in the zone. People that grew up my age, that play some NBA jam, he's on fire, right? That's what it is. That's what it is. It's this thing that you can't explain. And it's like you're being picked up. And you don't have to try anymore, and you're not thinking. You're not having to think about the next play. You're not having to think about the next step. You're not having to think. It's just like you're being carried. It's the craziest feeling ever in athletics. I have never felt it in running a race, but I felt it in athletics. It's a flow. And I believe that that's the goal of what life should be like some of the time. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. What, what about when it's not? Because I've noticed this too. Leah said to y'all last week, and she was telling the truth, that our relationship is good. And it's good. But here's what's amazing about that. You can be in a rhythmic high when it comes to a relationship, and one step, step on a rock. Hmm. I'm talking about five minutes. Now, I'm not talking about it takes a week, and then all of a sudden you get off. I'm talking about, and then you're off, right? And then it gets off. Is anybody in here? Off, 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 off. Like, it goes from hero to zero, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Quick, and it's just like, how does this happen? And it's almost like you wish that the good had never come around. Because you're like, I know what to expect, and now I don't get it, so I only want to expect that. Here's the reality. It's never always like that. Are y'all with me? It's never always that great. And here's what I've noticed before we move on. I think this is so important, so if you're going to lean in with me, I need you right now. That's what we hope for, and we miss the point. We hope to have that feeling and we miss the point of the training. We hope to have that feeling, and we miss the point of the trust. We hope to get through life and always feel like walking with the Lord. And sometimes it just stinking doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it just feels off. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes I want to throw my hands up. And here's what I've noticed about those sometimes. I don't really have time to explain this in its fullness, and I wish I did. But about a week ago, I felt like I heard from the Lord that I was going to face a season of testing, a difficult season. And I said, Lord, I'm going through one of the richest seasons of my life. Why would you want this? And a mentor of mine, I talked to him later in the week, and he said, Mark, God's never going to send you something that buries you on purpose. He's doing it to strengthen your faith. And he gave me all this insight, and I felt like, well, I'm awesome, (laughs) because I didn't know that on my own for sure. 
But then I was so encouraged because I thought of this. And I just want y'all to know this. I really feel like in the last week I've been tested or hammered on every different area of my life. Mentally, spiritually, physically, just hammered. And I thought this. I can't think my way out of this. I can't buy my way out of this one. I can't do my way out of this one. Because it's not by my power or by my strength but by the Lord of hosts, by his spirit, says the Lord of hosts in Zechariah 4. I love that verse, and it's just meant something to me this week. That's the reason that I tweeted it out on Thursday or whenever it was, because to me it meant something, whether it did to you or not. And I've realized that in my relationship with Leah, when it gets off and when I try to force it, when I try to force a good rhythm, it gets more off rather than on. And here's the word that I want today to be about because I think this is the hardest thing in all of relationships and the hardest thing with the Lord is trust. Can y'all say trust? Trust. Trust me. Right? Trust me. We say that to each other. Hey, listen, you can trust me. Trust me. Y'all trust me. I, I got trust. It's a word that we throw around that is so, so, so sacred. And I'm talking just individual soul-to-soul relationships, and then most importantly to God, we want to throw that word trust out and we dance around it and hope we can get that euphoric feeling of being on high with God all the time and just going on a cloud. But when it gets down, trust goes out the window and we say, why God did you rather than thank God where are we going? That is not your pastor, a lot of times, I'm learning to lean and learning to say it's not about how I can just put my mind to something. And there is power in that. I, I love the fact that we can have grit and we can have strength and determination. If you throw that out the window, you've missed half the ball game. You've missed the point. But the whole ball game is the Lord Jesus. And when I just try to think my way through or do my way through, I've missed the healthy part of a love relationship with the Lord. And if that's off and if my trust is wavering, then this will always be jacked up. And there will be moments that I'm on vacation or I have a good thing or I get a promotion or that one thing comes to my mind and I feel, I feel good. We can be good today. But as soon as it gets off a little bit, it just gets off. And the story that comes to my mind in the Bible, and this has kind of become, as far as leadership goes, like people want to know questions sometimes and like how do you pick leaders and all this stuff. And I'm, this is, me just laying all the cards on the table. I used to look for the most talented people. I used to have this thought. Maybe some of y'all did too. And maybe some of y'all that aren't married have this thought about who you could marry someday. That person is sexy. That person is cool. I'd love to be with them. And we're attracted with our eyes, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to be blind. But I'm asking you to understand that man looks at the outward appearance and God looks at the heart and what the heart really is. That that I hope we have talented people, and I know we do because I look at you. There's not a person in this room that has, doesn't have unbelievable God-sized potential. And by the end of our lives, we're tapping that, and then we're going to heaven. Praise God. But I'm not looking for the most talented. I'm looking for this. First Samuel chapter 6, or excuse me, verse 14. And in verse 6, I want to give you a tiny bit of background. There's this camp called a garrison it's a group, it's an army, a group of people that have set up. And it's the enemy, it's the Philistines. And they've set up and they're, they're trying to take the land. They're trying to take Israel. And Jonathan, being the son of Saul, wants to take it back. And, and he doesn't want his dad to have to deal with it. So he doesn't even tell him that he's going out. He says, we're going out. We're going to go get them. Now, I need y'all to know that numbers-wise, this was not a good decision. And they should not have been going to this battle. And as the leader, I can relate to this. There's sometimes that you look out and you see the number of people in front of you and you go, this ain't looking good. I know you called me to this, but I feel like this is about to take place. God, I don't get this. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? I bet you do. Because sometimes it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like what you believe God's called you to. I believe that's why faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, not just what you see. Sometimes you got to tell your eyes that they're lying to you because God's called you to it. Because God's called you to your bride. God's called you to your husband. And even though you don't feel like it today, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I've got to forget what my eyes are telling me. Even, listen, this is real, even when you're disgusted with each other. Because you will be. Can we be honest in here? Because you will be. 
So imagine Jonathan, who's this warrior, who's this handsome man, who's the son of the most powerful man on the planet, wanting to prove your worth, feeling like it's the right thing, but trying to feel yourself out. No matter how powerful you get in your own life, you want the people closest to you to respect you. Does anybody agree with that? And this is what the Bible says, and I love these verses. It's kind of become a life verse for me. It says, Jonathan, verse 6, said to the young man who carried his armor, his armor bearer, come, let us go over to the garrison. There's not, a, there's not many of us, but I really want to go over there to these uncircumcised, to these Philistines. It may be that the Lord, that's such a critical part of this passage. It may be, it may be that the Lord will work for us. He's trying to talk himself into believing this. All of us have been there. When we got this thing in our heart that we know we're supposed to do, all of us have been there and said, this may be the right thing. This may be Leah. I need you to know, I think that planting this church may be the right thing, but I don't know because I know that God's called me to it, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm special. I don't feel like I'm any good. I don't feel like I can do this. And I bite my lips sometimes. I drool sometimes. And you have to live with me sometimes. And I don't know if I can do this. It may be that the Lord's called us to this. I know what I believe. But what do you think? What do you think? This is why heart and soul relationships and, heart, and these, these healthy relationships are so important because he's screaming out and you have to read between it. I don't know what to do, but I know we're supposed to do this. What do you think? For nothing can hinder us, no matter how many or how few, if the Lord's behind this. So, so sometimes as a leader, listen to me, and this isn't a leadership message, but it's important, men, in your home. It's important no matter what position you're in in life. If you're a CEO or if you're working in a ditch, God intends to increase you. And I'm not talking to give you the biggest house on the planet. I'm talking to increase you in your influence so that God's name can be great. And, and, and your, your influence will never be greater if you have to be the promoter of yourself. If you have to be the one that talks you into everything. If you never trust anyone else with your deepest, darkest hurts. And the reason we don't is we, we think they're going to take it from us. Take it. I don't need it because God's called me. And if you take this from me, God will take me somewhere else. I can, I can trust him. I can trust him. I love this so much, y'all, because this is what I'm looking for in my life. Not the prettiest, not the most handsome, not the most talented. His armor bearer said to him, do all that's in your heart. Go for it, my brother. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. It's easy to be with someone in your soul. Because sometimes, by the way, I just believe this, that when a soul tie is supposed to happen, when a soul tie is supposed to take place, that God pulls them together and you just, it, it's, it's not forced. God does it. But you can have your heart somewhere else, even when that happens. And when your heart is left with someone else in your soul, and it's crazy because your heart can beat with somebody. The whole key to this is that we get on the same rhythm. That, that the rhythm of relationships is not that you think like me, it's not that Leah thinks like we will never think exactly alike. We are very different creatures in Jesus' name. And I love that about her. I love that she's artistic and I'm athletic. I love it. We don't have to love the arts and the athletics to start having the same rhythm and flowing together. We don't have to. God will begin to give us the same rhythm. And when that rhythm gets off just a little bit, it's when it's frustrating. It's when it's hard. It's when it's off. And this is why. The heart and the soul are so very different, but so very intrinsically important when it comes to walking together. And with God, he wants me to have my mind. He loves the fact that I think on my own. He loves the fact that my heart beats, but he wants it to beat with his heart and not on my own understanding. And when I try to lean on my own way, I fall flat on my face. You know what frustrates me? This is a side note. And I don't mind rabbit trails when they matter. And this one matters. I'm going to say it. I get frustrated when I see men of God fall. And the people of God chew them up and spit them out. Because I see their fall in me. I may not have fallen by the grace of God. But it's certainly not by the strength of Mark. And when I see their sin and I make a celebratory remark about them, what I'm saying is, thank God that's not me. Rather than, oh God, that could be me. And when I see anybody else's sin brighter than my own, I'm soul sick. 
and I'm heartsick, and I'm off in my rhythm with God, and I don't trust him. I trust me to better get me through it. And if anybody else in here has never been there, then it's just me that's guilty. But I'm thankful to the Lord that he comes for the sick and not the healthy, that all those men and women of God that have fallen, and all of you that feel like you've fallen and you're no good and you're worthless and you'll never be loved again, You're the one that God runs to. It's the dirt that God comes to. It's the dirt that God breathed in and made life. I'm about to preach. Here's what heart and soul means, y'all. This is the relationships that have to be healthy. Heart is the inner person. It's the inner self. It's your internal. It's the very center of who you are. What you value most is your heart. That's a heart issue. There was a song back in the day, I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. Heart, heart, heart is all about in. It's the center, center. Everybody say center. I love this line. It's the place where reality is as good as the idea. When your heart is healthy, that's the place where a reality can be as good as the idea once was. Heart. And then soul is my mind, will, and emotions. It's all-encompassing. It is part of your mind, but it's what you dream ahead. It's what you remember behind. It's, It's all the emotional states in my life. That is what makes up your soul. And it is yourself. Everybody say self. Self center. Self center. Self centered. When you're sick in your heart or in your, the word literally means vital breath. Breath. When you're sick in your breathing and it's hard to catch your breath, it's hard to get in the rhythm that God has called you to get in. And when your heart is off, you just feel off and you know it. I could walk 10 steps and my heart rate was at 100. I just felt off, if y'all know what I'm talking about. It's awful. It's miserable. It's frustrating because you feel like you've done nothing wrong sometimes. And sometimes you know you did something wrong. But it doesn't matter if you know it or if you have no idea. It's frustrating to not flow. And it's because my heart and my soul can just simply get off. Here's one thing that I think is an issue. I think some of us have taken the steps of forgiveness in our lives. Of people that have hurt us in the past of bad things that have taken place in our life, of frustrations that have taken place in our life, and we desire heart and soul relationships. But the reality is forgiveness is the starting point. That when we break a chain, it's the starting point. That when we say, God, this stick, that will no longer define me. That soul tie that I used to have will no longer define me because forgiveness is a choice that I make one time, but trust is a process. Trust is a process. Trust is not today, I forgive you, You forgive me, I forgive you, you forgive me. And now we're back 100%, no problems. I do believe that forgiveness is choosing not to bring it up again. But it's still there. Somebody talk to me, but it's still there. Forgiveness is not saying that the the consequences of what you did to me go away. Forgiveness is saying I'm choosing not to hold it over your head and hold a grudge over you, but it's still there. I'm choosing not to bring it up. I'm choosing not to let what you did or what I did become my jail cell anymore, but it's still there. That's why trust is building. That's why trust is building. That's why trust is building. And you can tell so much when a heart relationship is off and we're not going at the same beat. You can just tell, y'all. You can just tell. You can just tell. I wanted to throw this in because I thought it was so important. This is not a money message. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is not a money message. I think it's one of the greatest indicators of where your heart is, and so did Jesus. And in this case, so did Paul. Because Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, each one of you should decide in your own heart. Everybody say, own heart. What I'm going to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, not with gritted teeth, not with anger, not as a tax. But as a kingdom citizen, I decide, God, what have you put on my heart to do? How much can I do to further what you've called me to? If my heart is off, I will be angry. I will feel like the church is trying to rob my money. I will feel frustrated. I will think they should be given to me. I shouldn't be given to him. I will make all these excuses, and I've been there because my heart's been off. By the way, your heart can be off and you can still give because you can take pride in what you've given. Look what I've done, God. They should be given too, bless God. <laughs> if they knew what I gave, I bet they'd give. Huh, come on, somebody. Like, we can be off on either side. This is not make me right. God makes me right. Then I ask him, what would you have me do? And Jesus said it like this, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I've noticed something funny about this, y'all. 
I never have to talk anybody into, ever, 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 have to talk anybody into giving cheerfully and over the top when their heart's in the right place. What I have to do is make sure I don't try to manipulate when someone's heart is off. Because I care, listen, I care about their heart, not their money. It's so easy to manipulate, y'all. This isn't good. This is bad. A pastor who has an ability to communicate, hopefully that's every pastor, a pastor that can communicate can just look at you and I could tell you a few things and say it the way I want to and then pass a bucket around and say, if you don't, then this and this and this, and you'd give. And you would miss all the blessing of God because you would do it with gritted teeth saying, if I don't do this, I'm bad. I want you to know that when you value it the most and when God is who you value most, then giving your first fruits is what I want to do first, not what I have to do. And it changes the game. It flips it on its head. So I'm going to do things different than some people and what they say I should do. They are a lot of people, and they say I should pass buckets every week. And I'm telling they, I know it's them, but y'all just go with it. Y'all know I don't speak English well, Jesus, man. But I'm telling them that I trust God. And if my God, who owns the cattle on a, owns the cattle on a thousand hills, listen to me, or Cadillac and a thousand dealerships, come on, somebody. If he owns all of those things and then some, God owns everything, every billionaire and millionaire and zillionaire and whatever else chic thing there is on this planet that owns all the countries and all the world. I don't care Illuminati. I know who God owns that Illuminati. I don't trust any of them above my God. And if God wants to send it to us, I'll trust him above any man. If a man comes in here today and says that for $100,000, you'll do fill in the blank. Listen to my heart. I'm telling you. I would gladly accept $100,000 unless you put a stipulation on it. And you can take your $100,000 and burn it. I don't want it with stipulations. That's craziness. That's a third of our budget. We would really like that. But I'll take it today if God says it. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you'll give it to somebody else. And relationships that are forced will leave you in a minute because they're going where their treasure is tomorrow. And that's the difficulty with relationships is no matter how hard I force it. I just feel like I'm supposed to say this, so I'm going to say it. I've noticed when love relationships get off, some things that I've tried to do in my past, I guess it's you that's reminded me of this, is I've tried to buy my way back into good graces. Can y'all say amen with me if you know what I'm talking about? So I may have screwed up bad. And I'll try to buy your affection and your trust with a dozen roses. I love giving gifts. So every time I do it now, it's just because I like you and because you're good looking. And because I get to walk with you. But the days that I do it just so that I gain her trust, I'm actually causing damage. Did you know that? I'm actually causing a bigger separation because I'm screaming out loud. I don't know what to do, so I'm trying to buy you. I feel like that's what... The church has told the world that if you give enough to God, you can buy him. But if my God owns everything, I can't. <laughs> Who do I think I am? I feel this freedom when it comes to my generosity with God, like I feel a freedom when it comes to my generosity with Leah, that I don't have to give her one thing, and she loves me, but I can't wait to give her whatever it is that I'm going to give her next. You ain't allowed to find out because I love giving to you. When my heart's sick, I want it put on a billboard. You know what I mean? Like I want the world to find out. I want her to put it on Instagram so everybody sees it and everybody thinks I'm a good husband. And when my heart's healthy and we're flowing in the same rhythm, I don't want anybody to find out. I want it to just be an us thing because it's just good and it's just healthy. It's not always like that. And this is what I think you have to know, y'all. This is so big that you have to guard your own heart. Not, not, not guard your spouse's heart, not guard your friend's heart. I can't guard my boys who I am so tied with and I'm so grateful for them. But it's not my responsibility to guard their heart. It's my responsibility to be a great friend. And I'm going to show you what that means in just a second in trust. But I've got to guard my heart above all else because it's what determines the course of my life. The heart of Mark Pangle, the heart of Mark Pangle, plans my ways, but the Lord establishes or determines my steps, Proverbs 16, 9. And as soon as I get off in my rhythm with the Lord, in my rhythm with relationships, in my rhythm of life, 
when it feels like I'm just hitting the wall and I don't know what to do. Then I've got to guard my heart. Here's what they say in running. When I'm in that bad state and I'm running and I don't know where to go, the next thing that I have to do is look for the next thing. Like, in this room, it would just be look at the door. Here's what we try to do. We try to fix it all together. And what they tell you, I'm telling you, this is what they tell you in athletics and running and whatever. You just got to go to the next thing. You got to do the next right thing. You got to do the next right thing. You got to hit that sign and do the next right thing. And that's what trust looks like. I can't fix a broken relationship all at once. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I've got to do the next right thing and get to that next sign that my eye sees. And as soon as I get there, I shift my focus to the next. And I shift my focus to the next. And I'm counting my steps. And I'm counting my heart. And I'm counting my breathing. And I'm counting everything that's going on because I want to get to the next step. Stop trying to fix it all today and, and worry about one thing. What does it look like to build back trust one step at a time? One step at a time, what does this look like? What does it look like? Because for all of us, it looks different because we've jacked up one of these parts of trust. I want to show you this in an acronym of what I believe trust means. Trust. The first one, y'all, and it doesn't matter if you're married or not in here doesn't matter if you're in a relationship or not in here. I believe in every work environment, the culture of the work environment should be a high truth environment. That as soon as, I think maybe nothing bothers me more in this world than walking into a room. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Walking into a room and you go, I wonder if they talked about me. Well, let's talk about it. My gosh. If you've talked about me, you got something wrong, let's put it on the table. We can agree to disagree. But don't, Keep it from me and don't lie to me. Ladies, I need your help on this. Please don't ask questions like, does this dress make me look? Because you're hurting us. You know what I'm saying? Are we supposed to lie? This is the, this, I will say this to Leah for, sometimes because I'm not always real gentle with my answers in Jesus' name. I'm always going to tell the truth if the Lord is willing. It gets you in a lot of mess. People don't like the truth. You can't handle the truth. People don't like it sometimes, y'all. It hurts. The truth hurts. It's always the right thing to do the right thing. So I ask this question when I know it's going to hurt. Are you sure you want to hear that answer? I recommend that. Are you sure you want me to tell you the truth? Because I will. But I want you to know that it's going to come across harsh sometimes. I may not have the tone that I should because I don't even know how to communicate this, but I will tell you the truth. If someone asks you, though, it's your responsibility to tell the truth. You can't have the same heartbeat unless you tell the truth, even if you think they stink at what they did. She can pick a nice way to tell me, and she has. And sometimes I get defensive, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for my brothers that will look me in the face that I have solic relationships with, and they'll say, you just seem off. I get defensive. We all get defensive. But then I can look back when I know they're not trying to take something from me and I can say, man, they helped me so much. They helped me so much. They're not trying to take this. God set me here. He put my feet on this solid rock. I can't, no one can take this from me, so who cares? But the people I want surrounding me are the people that will tell me the truth. The second one is respect. 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 Here's my definition of respect. What does the Bible say about it? The Bible doesn't discuss it. What does your conviction and my conviction say about it? I'm going to hit this and move on. In the bedroom, a lot of people have issues in this area. I believe it's so critically important, y'all. Most of the time, it's the men trying to push something on the lady. If you're married, the marriage bed is undefiled is what the Bible says. But if your wife feels defiled, then it becomes defiled. If you try to push something on her that she feels uncomfortable in her own spirit, you should walk away and stop. You should walk away and stop. Because it's about respect. She can't trust you if she believes you'll take advantage of her in the bedroom. You get to make love to her. It's a beautiful thing. It's not just for procreation. It's for love and it's for affection and it's for tied together and it's for bonding and it's beautiful. And it's good. Don't try to take advantage of that outside of the bedroom, which is most of the time we spend, y'all. If I try to manipulate my way to her favor or she tries to manipulate my way to my favor in that relationship and I'm trying to get something from her so that I can get my way, my self 
and center is off and I'm becoming self-centered. We can't beat with the same rhythm if I'm self-centered. I have to be we-centered and bigger God-centered. Respect is huge. Next one is unity. We've worn this one out and I will never stop wearing it out. I believe it's the greatest problem in our country today. I believe it's the greatest problem in our world today. Because if the church was unified, I don't care what the world is doing. We would reach them because they would see a unified group of people that are an army of God that are raising up together that aren't worried about what the end times look like or trying to argue over what color the drape should be. They're not worried about all these other little silly things that churches are fighting around the country. They're saying, I'm with you heart and soul. I don't care if we have no carpet or if we have pretty carpet or if we have anything else. I'm with you heart and soul. The reason I don't want to fight about the carpet is because I see no spoils in that like King David, what I talked about a couple weeks ago. I see spoils and there's some things that I should stand for. But when I'm fighting about stuff that doesn't matter, here's what I'm saying. It's my way or the highway, buddy. It's not about you. As soon as it's not about you, then it's about me. And as soon as it's about me, I'm not beaten with the same beat that you are and we get off. And in my home, in my home, I found that Lee and I fight most of the time because something stupid that I do. Because she's really not the instigator of arguments. And it's something that I'm being self-centered in. It's so funny. I look back and go, what did we fight about? Are y'all with me in here? We can't even remember what we fought about the last time we fought. And we were laughing about it the other day. But you find that when you get off rhythm a little bit, you'll fight about anything. Anything. It's so silly. Sometimes it's good to fight. It's healthy. When you know how to fight. When you learn how to fight. When you're smart about it. When you're not trying to cut each other and take for keeps. There's some things worth fighting. But unity has to be the goal, how good and pleasing and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Surrender. 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 Not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. Not my dreams, but our dreams. I'm not going anywhere that Leah doesn't feel called to with me. If I do, I'm saying myself and my center is what you better get on the same page with. Or sister, we gone. Brother, we gone. You've had time. You should have been there. You need to run to the next sign and stop trying to fix him. Stop trying to fix her. Stop trying to fix everybody else in my life. If the people surrounding you aren't with you heart and soul, maybe they're not the right people. If you've said yes before God in a marriage relationship, I'm not talking to you right now. You should stay if at all possible. But you don't have to force a relationship that God intends. There's a beautiful rhythm when God intends that relationship to be good. I have to surrender my self-centeredness to God. It has to be about Him first. I have to be looking to Him, the author and the perfecter of my faith. I have to throw off those old things and seek Him first with everything that I do. But if I'm not surrendered to the Lord and then to us, me is last. And if that's not the case, it will be first and my self-centeredness will be sick. And I'll be off. And then the last one is time. This is not a negative thing. It just takes time. This is I want to spend time with you. This is any healthy relationship wants to spend time together. This is with the Lord. If my soul is off and I feel like hell's coming against me, I should want to spend time to go before his throne room, to get in the presence of God. Not to run as far away from him as I can because I feel off, but to run to his presence. I will make excuse after excuse after excuse for why until I look internally and say it's my heart and it's my soul that's off. It's not your fault. You can do nothing to me that can cause me to get off. I have to make the decision whether I'll let your actions get me off. It's always my decision whether I've guarded my heart and whether I've sought first the Lord. And that's how I trust in a relationship this way, but most importantly, that's how I trust in a relationship this way. And this is how I want to close. This is how I want to close. The unforced rhythms of relationship is the goal. That's what we all want. I'm here to tell you today that if you don't have the unforced rhythms of grace, you can never have the unforced rhythms of relationship. That you can take all those notes down and you can think it was good or you can think it was boring. You can think anything that you want. But until grace, the favor of God, his pouring down for what we don't even, it doesn't even make sense that God would give his goodness down to me, but he chooses to do it because he is good, because he is love, because he does love us. And when we are right with God, it is not about what we've done. It's about what we've received in him. 
And when I'm walking with him step for step, by the way, that Adam and Eve were doing in the garden until they decided to listen to the wrong voice. They walked with God. They walked with God. It was their right. I believe, Christian, it is your right to walk with God, to step with God, to have a rhythm with God, to be all different, to be unique and created only like you are created. But truly, every one of us in his image, we can walk with God. We can step with God. Every athlete, every artist, every scholar and every person that doesn't even think that they can spell their name right. Every person in here, there's no difference before God. God is no respecter of person. He decides one thing. He wants one thing, your whole heart, looking to him. And I love this. I love this so much. I love Matthew 11, 28 through 30, no matter how you read it. But this is the message version. And I cling to these words. I cling to these words in the message version. Look what it says. Because I bet, if you be honest in here, this describes a lot of people. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Not not a nap. Not a good sleep. I'll show you how to take a real rest because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the Sabbath. Jesus is the way that we find our restitute, our rest, our ability to recover. I'm the rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Now watch this. This is so good. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced. It's not a square peg in a round hole where you try to make it fit. It's God's unforced rhythm that he desires for your life to be on. When you're right with God, it really does feel like that high. But sometimes hell comes. And even when it comes, you still trust him. And he still sees you through. And he does it to build your faith and get you to your destiny. And you begin to say, I don't get this, but I don't have to. Because I trust you've established, you've you've planned out all of my steps. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep trusting. Because it's unforced. I don't have to make it happen. You've made it happen. You started it. You died and rose again for me. You did it. I won't let... This is God. I won't let anything, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And if something is ill-fitting and heavy that's laying on you today, it wasn't for you. You can lay it down. But what you got to pick up is Jesus. You don't get to pick up nothing and just walk around and do your own thing. You either pick up your own thing and your self-centeredness causes a really heavy, 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 forced rhythm. Or it's a beautiful, unforced rhythm of grace. He says, I won't put anything like this on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I need to know in here if anybody in here would love to have that in their relationships, in their heart, in their life. I'm not going to be manipulative, and I'm not going to beg you. But I bet you in this room, this is what we're dealing with. I bet some people came in here, and you felt empty and alone. You felt frustrated and you didn't know where to turn. And you thought, I can make this happen if I just get through this day. And maybe you will get through this day. But I'm telling you, you can go to every counselor. You can go to everything. You can do everything. You can try everything. But until he's the only thing, you'll keep trying to force rhythms in your life. He is the only rhythm that gives you hope, gives you life, gives you a future in any circumstance, anything. God loves you. God knows your mess. God knows your past. God knows the things that people have talked about you. And here's what he's waiting on. Sir of influence and ma'am of embarrassment. Everybody in between. God just is looking for your whole heart and whole soul to say, I trust you. Above all else, I trust you and I follow you. If you want your relationship with your spouse to miraculously change, stop thinking about them and think about your heart and your soul and watch God do miracles through the unforced rhythms of grace. I need to know, man and woman and young person, do you know Jesus? And I don't mean know him. I mean yourself and your sinner. Have you given him all of you? and said, I want to walk with you because I know you love me and I want to love you back. I believe you died and rose again and I'm following you today. That's what salvation is. In the first service, we had three people. I believe there's more in this service. But I don't have to force it. You decide. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? 
Pastor Mark, it feels like you're talking to me. And right now, I need to give my heart and life to Jesus. No one's looking, but I'm not going to give you much time. I just want you to be honest. Pastor, that's me. Man, I feel like you were, my heart's beating out of my chest. I want to walk with Jesus and give him my life. Just throw your hand up wherever you are. Let nothing hold you back. If this is you, you won't let anything keep you from it. Who is it? You're talking to me, man. My goodness. I want to walk with Jesus. I want the unforced rhythms of grace right now. Who is it in the room? A couple more seconds. I want that in my life. I feel like that's my destiny today, that I walk with Jesus, that I walk with Jesus. Couples, young people, everybody in the room, I want y'all to look this way. I'm going to pray in just a second. I don't know what y'all came in here with. I don't know if y'all are on cloud nine or y'all had a week like I did that was crazy. God desires for you to flow with him. Not always be easy. It's very hard sometimes when you face difficulty and circumstances. But he will always fit you with unforced rhythms that you can walk through life. He intends for you to rely on his spirit, not by your strength and your power, not by your might, but his Holy Spirit. I feel like there's somebody in here that I'm talking to. I don't care if it's one person. You matter to God so much that needs to lay something at his feet. I'm not talking about necessarily breaking something off. I'm talking about maybe tying something back. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's somebody's in this room that just needs to make this their altar and say, God, I've tried to carry this thing on my own and I'm tired. I follow Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm a Christian, but I'm tired of walking alone. I'm weak. I'm tired. I'm tired of my relationship with my spouse, with my friends, with my life. I'm tired of doing this thing where it feels like there's no rhythm. And the only way that I can have rhythm is if I walk with you. I'm ready to walk with you. And I'm ready for these relationships to not be forced, but to be unforced rhythms. That comes through living under the beauty and the majesty of our Lord. Not by trying to do it on my own. I feel like some of you just need to come down and make this your altar. It's not magic. It's not magic. But there's something powerful about a step. When you step out and say, I'm ready. I'm doing this today. So if this is you, you come while I'm praying or while they begin to sing. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. Lord, I love the song that we're about to sing, Love Like an Ocean, because it truly is how you are, that no matter what we brought to the table, no matter what we bring every day, that you love us so much, and I'm going to sink deeper, and I want to flow with you. I don't want to flow by myself. I do it so often. I try to get through the next thing. Sometimes it is a task to build back trust. But no matter what, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And God, we just lay it at your feet and say, we trust you. We desire after you. Thank you for loving us first, Jesus. What a great God we serve. What a wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Will y'all stand with us?